1: I'm super thankful, and and I love that I have these pages for my family, but that's almost like the secondary thing. The stories get told because I enjoy telling them, and I like this artistic outlet for putting them together in a pretty way. Welcome
0: to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 116. In this episode, I'm interviewing Don Farias for the My Way series. My Way is all about celebrating the unique ways memory keepers get things done. We're excited to have Don as the May featured artist at Simple Scrapper. But before we jump into the episode, I wanted to let you know that registration is now open for Before Your Story, our album workshop to document your growing up story or someone else's. You can head over to simple slash story to learn more. And now my conversation with Don. Hey Don, welcome to the podcast. Hi
1: Jennifer, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited for our conversation and to get to know you a little bit better. Can you kick things off and just share a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, I um, I live in San Antonio, Texas. So I'm in America. Um, I'm been married for 24 years. I have five kids. Their ages are 19 down to eight. Um, I teach high school math here in San Antonio. And I also scrapbook and I create uh, digital scrapbooking supplies. Is probably my main, my main hobby, my main creative outlet.
0: Mm, for sure. Yeah. And I love San Antonio. I went to Trinity University for college. And oh, I always have a special place in my heart. So...
1: It's a great place for such a large city. It just feels like um, not like a small town, but it feels very homey and comfortable. Definitely, here. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. There's something special about it. I grew up in Houston, and it's just oh, that's just opposite. totally
1: different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lived in Sugar Land when I was smaller. My mother's family's from Houston, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's a, it's another beast altogether.
0: That's for sure. All right. So we always love to ask our guests um, one or two things that is exciting you right
1: now in scrapbooking. So what's exciting you? Okay. So what's exciting me right now? I'm not overly familiar with the larger scrapbooking world, but one thing I've been doing um, for my own scrapbooking is I've been making quick pages and selling them in my shop. And the thing that I thought when I first came up with trying to do quick pages was, um, I thought it was a little bit dated. Like um, I came into digital scrapbooking around 2009, 10, 11. And at that time, that's that's when I started too. (laughs) Yeah. And there was lots of quick pages. And, um, and I can remember also like people would make prefab like blog uh, kits to decorate your blog. And, and that's just kind of what I think about when I think about quick pages. And, but then over time um, I found that sometimes I would make a collection for my shop. And I would make a page with it, and then, but I wouldn't be done with it. I would think, oh, there's so many papers or um, embellishments that I made that I wanted to play with, but I didn't have any thoughts for a new page. So I started making quick page packs, and I thought this isn't gonna—I don't know if this is worth my time, but it was fun for me. And then they—they sell. So now they—I put them out pretty regularly. So it's—it's funny that that. You you sometimes think that you've done or seen everything. How could you be refreshed by um, something and then it, it'll come along unexpectedly like that? And-
0: yeah, there's so many things where if you just kind of have a new perspective on it, you might be able to uh, just get excited about it again and see it in a new way and have it inspire you anew. So, yeah, I love that so much.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So what about from the story perspective? We love to talk about our storytelling bucket list. So these are a list of stories that feel important or significant in our lives um, that we really just want to make sure that are told if we were, you know, to quote unquote, kick the bucket. So what's one story on your memory keeping bucket
1: list? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think for me, and I know I'm running the risk of just sort of going a little too deep on this one, but um, for me, it would be my sort of evolution of become being a religious person. I didn't grow up with religion. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. a fairly by nature, progressive liberal type person. So trying to balance that out with integrity inside of a religion and what my, my joy within it comes from and, and the, the personal development in that I haven't passed that on too well to my children because I, I worry about manipulating them or making them feel pressured into you know, believing something. And I feel at the end of the day, what I lost was sharing the personal side of it for me. We, d- we could do the mechanical parts, like making it to service, to go to mass, do the sacraments and all this. But I don't really think anybody, if I died right now, I'm not exactly sure anybody would understand why it was all so important to me. And it really informs how I believe that people should be treated with it. You know, the dignity in every person. And and I've never told, I don't tell that story because it's super personal and sub- mm-hmm. and it's super subjective. And I'm not, and and I feel almost awkward talking about it, but I was like, if I were to go right now today, that would be the thing that I would be the saddest to have never shared with my, with my kids and my family.
0: Oh, that's, I mean, that's so important. And I think there's, there's so many facets to our inner selves that sometimes we keep them hidden, uh, mm-hmm. because they do, they can feel awkward to talk about. And, um, it's hard, you know, we're, we're really complex and, and some of the things that are inside of us don't always, like, they don't always make sense. And so those are some of the most important stories that we get captured because they really reflect who we are and, and eventually
1: were as people. Yeah, I like what you said about not making sense because I think a lot of times if I, if I can't figure out a way of explaining that I think will connect to someone, then I just don't talk about it at all. And I don't, I also, it's so funny because I don't want to appear what superstitious or I'm a, you know, very logical sort of rational person. And Mm -hmm. so it's an odd, it's an odd contrast. Um, but I love this question. And when I've been thinking about it and hearing it in your other podcasts, this is the story that came up for me. And I've already been daydreaming about how could I make a page? And I've never, I don't think in my life made a double, a two page spread, (laughs) but, um, but I'm already trying to think, I'm well, is it enough? I think I, that's a lot of information and um, I think I could do that. So yeah, that, that'll that be coming at some time because I'm already I can't wait to daydreaming see it. about it. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So this is one of our my way episodes and my way is all about kind of capturing the unique ways that memory keepers get things done. And so how did you start scrapbooking? You mentioned you were, you know, you kind of got started with digital in that 2009, 10 time period. Mm-hmm. That's around when I got started too. Mm-hmm. um, I actually was digital and then transitioned to paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, you know, it was a really exciting time back then, you know, DigiShop shop yeah. talk was super fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, there
1: were, there were other sites, Oh gosh, MSA. And <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned those because by the time I became aware of those sites, it was still super busy, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really a scrapbooker at that time. The way yeah. I the way I found oh. digital scrapbooking was I was um, keeping personal blogs when Blogger was new, and mm-hmm. um, and then you you would see people have these free blog backgrounds um, made from scrapbooking supplies, and so that was fascinated by that, and I wanted to make my own to give away for free, but you can't. I discovered give away other people's stuff for free. There's terms of use. And um, and so I thought, well, I'll just figure out how to make my own. And so for that, and that just sort of morphed into then learning how to make kits. And so I was a kit designer for a few years before I ever tried to scrapbook anything by myself. Um, oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah, and I don't, and I, and so, and because of that, I had imposter syndrome for Oh, till about yesterday. No, <laughs> 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 you know, but but you know, for a very long time. And I'm not exactly sure when or why I tried to scrap to do a scrapbook page for myself the first time. But um, but when I did first start trying, I really loved the minimal pages that I would see from the creative teams, like for One Little Bird and Paisley breasts. and mm-hmm. um, those. Are, and that's how I scrapped in the beginning. I tried to to model that very minimal, lots of white space style.
0: And then how has everything changed since that time? Are you still creating in that style?
1: No, absolutely not. So I'm not sure when, I'm not sure when I decided I wanted my pictures to be closer to printed size, like actual sized pictures, um, that you might get from Walgreens or something. Um, but for what, however that happened, I decided I wanted my pictures bigger. And once I decided that, other stuff had to be bigger too. Like my matting paper, you know, had to be bigger. Um, and then uh, it changed. It just changed every the way I would lay out my page. I got into more, I wanted to tell the story behind things. So I didn't mm-hmm. want just a picture with some clustering, you know, in a word art. Like I wanted the title, because to, to me was as important and... And that might have come from my past and blogging. And I would wrote in high school. I would write for my school newspaper. So I think maybe just coming up with titles is a thing I like to do. So, um, oh my
0: gosh, I've never, I never realized that uh-huh. connection because I well, worked for the college newspaper, and I'm like, that's how I could make, you know, interesting titles <laughs> with a short number of words. <laughs> because of that,
1: <laughs> maybe so. Maybe that is a skill that. You didn't even realize <laughs> you had cultivated in your, from your per, per, past, your past life into your scrapbooking, yeah, but that's but, so funny. But yeah, so I, I started making titles and, you know, whereas before I never understood the appeal of alphabets. Um, I was like, I don't like what, what is the thing with the alphabets? And now I, I, I will drool over alphabets and I see stuff in them and I see potential, um, in ways that I wouldn't have, you know, eight or eight years ago or so.
0: Now, I'm curious, do you have any tips for getting digital alphabets onto a page? Because I I recall when I was doing a lot of digital, I, you know, it's just that many more products. You're having to, like, go and find every single letter. So are there any tricks that, you know, savvy digital scrapbookers use to well,
1: get those onto the page? Do you turn them into brushes? You know, what? So savvy might be a strong word. I can tell you a lazy way. So, okay. Um, <laughs> As I've noticed that over the years, I used to, when I was making alphabets for my shop, I would use scripts and Photoshop to cut each letter. But, mm-hmm. you know, alphabets, they, the return on investment, as far as the time involved for me to do that, over time, I didn't think it was really worth it. So I started just k- saving an entire alphabet in a sheet, one big P- sheet file per color. So I might have one full sheet for the red alphabet version and one for the blue. And then as a scrapbooker, for me, I love it because I open up the one sheet and I you know I know exactly which letters I need. I just select it with the marquee tool, copy, oh, okay. go straight over to my page, paste. There and, you go. And, then I, and so I just have the one. Now, I can't see where if they were each cut individually, you could just, like if I'm on a Mac, drag the one letter from your finder window over to your page each individually. But I really do think now that that sheets are the way to go. Um, for me, they're just faster. It's less space, less things you're trying to keep track of.
0: Oh, I love that. That's, that's such a fun tip, and I can see now because you know, back then I was on a tiny little laptop, and now I'm on multiple monitors. <laughs> and I, I, you know, and I know lots of people who like who who did grab on their iPads in really small yeah, spaces. Yeah. But I think I would like the real estate. To be able to, like, let's open all these things over here so I can just drag them in and, uh-huh. you know, less less fussing back and
1: forth, I guess. Yeah, I can totally 100% see that. So
0: could you go more into, you know, your style? Like, what colors do you like? What kind of textures or patterns? Um, you know, what, what's the mood that comes across in your
1: pages? So I really like a lot of white color. I I, I like the contrast of bright colors on the white. And I've tried in the past to, I I really love other people's grungy style things. Um, I'm seeing right now, I don't know what's going on with some people's shadowing, but the um, the way they do these like a heavily clustered, um, realistic looking shadows and pages. And I'm not sure if they're putting like a, a some kind of gradient, but it almost looks like, realistic, like it's in a room or something, and maybe there's some light coming from a window. I don't know. I can't explain. That's not me, though. And anytime I try, when I try to do stuff like that, I get lost in the decision making, like, how should this shadow go or what over here? So my style by default is simple, very simple, because I, I can't, I guess I get decision fatigue or something. Oh, yeah. Um, So I, my stuff's super flat. And um, I like a little bit of clustering and I like a a bold title that's um, not necessarily layered, but mixed alphabets. And I I love to tell some of the story. It's either my own handwriting that I scan in and create a brush from or it'll be um, strips of paper. Uh, the strips of paper almost always white. I love white on white. It, mm-hmm. I love when sometimes things are yes. monochromatic in a certain area because you don't notice it at first, at, but you'll see a shadow, and then it draws your attention to it, and now you're like exploring that little part of the page when at first it maybe would just looked all white or all a certain color. So I yeah, like,
0: lots of like variations in white with different textures. That's that's a mm-hmm. fun thing I like yeah, in I like in that digital too.
1: or paper. <laughs> yeah. And I think that came about, I took a break from the internet like a few years ago. I, I just was not on the computer for a year or so. And I, that was the first time I ever did paper scrapbooking. And I got some kits from uh, Coco Daisy. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was a very interesting process for me. And when I came back to digital scrapbooking, that process of doing paper, booking, paper scrapbooking informed my digital pages a lot. And,
0: oh, 100%. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, we've had a number of conversations here on the podcast kind of about that. People who've gone back and forth. Um, an episode recently that we had with Kim, my teaching assistant, she really has fully transitioned to digital from paper mm-hmm. over the past year. Mm-hmm. And she just, she knows that her paper experience is very much informing her digital experience oh, I, I now. I a
1: lot.
0: Um, And I know that it went kind of the same way for me. You were talking about, you know, that you you kind of, you're kind of flat in how you do shadowing. Mm -hmm. I think part of that is how you, how you learn. I learned on Photoshop Elements. I didn't have, (laughs) I didn't have shadows on layers. I couldn't warp anything. You know, Uh there were only a certain number of options. Yeah. You know, I just remembered three numbers every time that I typed in for most of my (laughs) shadows. And, but if that's how you started and you learned, you probably, you know, most likely you're probably still a pretty flat scrapbooker unless you developed more, um, you were really into it or, and you found it fun. Uh, and people yeah. who started with Photoshop and, you know, started with here's how you do this and, you know, here's how a flower is different from paper, mm-hmm. then, then you know, maybe you have a different approach.
1: Yeah, pretty much nowadays the only differentiation I do is if something is a bigger element, I br- I'm mm-hmm. sure to put a bigger shadow. But even yep. the, the shadows, I you know, I would buy a shadow set from a designer. Um, and I still have several mods of their shadows to make them even smaller or closer to, you know, <laughs> to the paper. I reduce the opacity to make it a little bit like You know, I don't know what. I just like that. I, I just make it less, I guess.
0: Sure, a little yeah. more subtle.
1: Yeah, more subtle. That makes sense. I think the other, the one last thing that really informed my scrapbooking was uh, a couple years ago, I was asked to be uh, for a year on the creative team at Get It Scrapped. And that mm-hmm. was the first time I would really stretch myself to have a plan for a page and, and not just kit scrap, I guess, like yes, branch out and, and find papers, patterns, textures, elements that fit the theme of my page or the colors or, or whatever the topic was that I had been assigned for the month. That, that between the paper scrapbooking and that creative team experience, um, those were the two biggest changing points. Um, and then combined it with my own personal discoveries of how I wanted bigger pictures and and layered titles and stuff. And basically those three touch points are how I got where I'm at now.
0: Very cool. You know, it's so interesting that you mentioned kind of getting away from that, the kit scrapping. And, um, I think a lot of paper scrapbookers don't, don't understand the, uh, the Friday night routine of all the new stuff is out. We're going to uh-huh. buy all the things <laughs> and we're going to download them and we're going to make pretty things with yeah. the new stuff we bought and yeah. then repeat every week forever yeah. and ever. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, there's a little bit of a hamster wheel to it, which is, you know, not another po- positive or negative. It certainly can be both. Mm-hmm. Um, but i am noticing in paper right now, there's actually more of this trend, not necessarily towards that purchasing behavior, but being very, Kit using focus, whether you are creating the kits and then using them, or just taking the kits you are pur- purchasing and allowing those to inspire your scrapbooking direction. You know, rather than all the other stuff that you describe with, you know, um, using challenges and story focus, mm-hmm. and and you know having your photos inspire it. There is this little bit of a, a twist now and, and a focus on let's actually use use some of our products. That's great. So, how do you stay motivated to create? Is that something that's easy to you or is there, are there ups and downs in it?
1: No, it's, it's easy for me. And and it's, and the main reason is because it's, um, my intentional self-care routine. I am so busy, um, between work and the kids and, you know, my husband and I, if, if I don't carve out some, I'm an introvert by nature, you know, I recharge being alone, but I don't ever get to be alone. So yes, especially I, not
0: in a pandemic, either. <laughs> no, especially
1: not In a pandemic. So what my routine looks like is I, I wake up early every morning before everyone to have coffee. So I might have 30 minutes. Um, if I if I don't mind running a little bit late, I'll stretch it into 45. But I, I fire up my computer, I got my coffee, um, had a cup of water, and I'm either and I, And I'm firing up Photoshop if I get you know if I'm working on a kit that day I might get a paper done or two papers done, I might be working on a page i you know maybe I just planned the picture or whatever and so thirty minutes here, thirty minutes there, and then I'll be able to get maybe a couple hours on Saturday and Sunday morning that adds up to a lot of time and what I'll do is daydream during the day if I'm you know, well, not during pandemic, because at work right now, I don't have that many in-person students. But like in general times, like, let's say I'm testing, and I'm walking around, because you got to make sure kids aren't cheating, because they cheat. And so not, I'm walking around daydreaming, I'm daydreaming about the page I'm trying to make. So, Mm -hmm. okay, that that was a long way of saying, by the time I get to the computer, I've already made plans for that time. And so it's way more uh, efficient. Like, I'm not really, it's not wasted time. i generally not spinning my wheels unless something's just not going to plan, but there was a plan, you know?
0: Well, and I love this idea that, that your, your work, I mean, this is, this is a side hustle for you, but it's still, it's still work, but your work can be something you're passionate about and that brings you joy. And that can be self-care yes um i think there's a lot of pressure that we have to to do the meditation and the journaling and those things are wonderful and you know and i i do some of those and um but the the work that you do can be that time that you need to feel creatively recharged
1: i agree and that, that's a really great read i do feel creatively recharged and it's funny because I, the i have a, a kit that i made this week that releases like you said on friday and um I have the preview of the kit on my – it's the desktop background on my computer at work. And Mm -hmm. so I just like looking at it. Really, that's all it is to it. When I make a new page, that becomes my background on my computer at work. Um, Whatever the newest thing I've made, that's my favorite thing, right, until you make the next thing or the next page or whatever, and then now that's your new favorite thing. And so it just brings me – it's a a touch point, you know, that I can – you know daydream about look at for a minute get back to work or um it's I like looking at pretty things so especially if I made it I guess is what it really boils down to
0: well that's wonderful I mean like you know whether it's your your scrapbooking or your photos like celebrating the stuff that you love is just such an important kind of physical reminder of of gratitude like sometimes Mm -hmm. you know we get swirled up into whatever's going on in our lives. But if we see that thing, then we can just remember what's important to us, whether it's our creativity or the stories that we're telling and and who and what are in those stories.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was nicely said. That's true.
0: So, so on that note right now, we are in our storytelling journey at Simple Scrapper. So could you go into a little bit more about how stories fit into your layout process or even how you organize your layouts into
1: albums? Okay. So I have no method at all whatsoever. So <laughs> I, I'm not an event scrapper. I'm a moment scrapper. So I, you know, if I'm, I think one of my recent pages, the pictures, just my daughter, my teenage daughter asleep in her bed, she was sleeping in, but, and I snapped it with my iPhone. I had to turn it to black and white cause the picture's terrible. Cause the, the light, it was dark in her room, you know? Um, but the story was about her. She's she's you know a freshman in high school. She does theater. Um, she has all honors classes, and she's just I'm just so proud of all the effort she's put in. But it's been a huge time investment on her and energy, and and she struggled with staying on top of everything. And so that's what the the story was about. So that is how my pages come about. There's no there's no timeline. There's no themes. My my. Uh, When I do print pages and put them in my binder, they're not in any kind of time order. I I could go, if I found a picture right now from six years ago, and I remembered, I would make a page about that and just throw it all together. So there is no rhyme or reason. And and really, even with the, you know, similar to the designing kits, it's, I'm super thankful and, and I love that I have these pages for my family, but that's almost like the secondary thing the stories get told cause I enjoy telling them and I like this artistic outlet for putting them together in a pretty way. Um, but I, I don't know what it is about mo- little tiny moments that move me. Oh, sure. Over, you know, a page about with just like, you know, uh, maybe just birthday pictures, you know?
0: I, I just want to underscore what you just said. You said the stories get told because I enjoy telling them. And that's, I mean, that's just so profound and just understanding your why in this hobby is is so important for keeping you going because it's so unique and will even, you know, change over time. But when you can pinpoint that, you can always lean on that when maybe you need some inspiration and or you're having a bad day, you know what part of that fills you up and you can just hop right back
1: in. Yeah. And I think it also helps you not feel guilty that you're not doing it a particular other way. Yes, for sure. So
0: Don, what are you loving in scrapbooking right now? Um, are you scrapbooking in 12 by 12 or how do you print your layouts? How does that work for you?
1: Okay, so I, I prefer 8.5 by 11, but I discovered, I, sw- I tried switching to that format a couple years ago, but then I discovered that there, it's more expensive to print off than an 8 by 8 page. Which is what I was printing off before. I I scrapbook Mm -hmm. in twelve by twelve, and then print it to eight by eight. It's cheaper, and the binders fit nicer on any shelf. Oh, for sure. (laughs) um, And I and I didn't feel like there was any loss of quality. They were just as enjoyable as a bigger twelve by twelve page. So um, would prefer eight and a half by eleven. It's more convenient to do the eight by eight. So I scrapbook and and now back in twelve by twelves.
0: And are you doing all single layouts or do you ever print them as photo books?
1: I never have printed a photo book, but I, I sometimes see them um, and they are just, I mean, they're just amazing. Their books. I know just, it's, it's just yeah. to, ha- to have like a hardcover thing with your photos in it would be super impressive, but I'm, bu- I'm behind right now just in printing my photos last, um, last year our computer crashed and it happened to crash right when my husband and I had had a disagreement about uh, the, the back, how we were backing up files and I had been backing them up in back place, So I had canceled that service. I had not yet come up with an alternate method and our computer di- our computer completely crashed. And so, and I hadn't printed out any pages in a while. I thought I had lost everything. I couldn't even hardly talk for a few days. It was like years and years of mm-hmm. of things. And I think, my husband must have felt the weight of it, you know, after a few days. And he did some kind of magic on our Mac. He did hours of research and was able to go recover those things. And now I have, you know, we got a, we had to get a new computer. Um, I have them all back and I have them backed up twice in two different ways. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like this, it's like I had it backed up for years and this one small window of time. That's how it happens, doesn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. And I'm sorry, I got off track. What was the, we were talking about? Oh, We were just talking about formats and sizes. Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: no, no. Um, I think that's a really important reminder because backup is really important. And, you know, we, we tend to say, oh, well, it'll just be a few days until I do that other thing. But sometimes days turn into longer periods of time and we forget Mm -hmm. about it. And that's just natural and normal. And so you kind of always need to make sure that you are protected Mm -hmm. when it comes to keeping your files safe. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm sure there's somebody out there listening that needs to make sure they have a backup solution in place. Oh,
1: yes. If anyone's listening who is right now thinking, oh, it'll be fine. It will not be fine. (laughs) Go back up your stuff. You'll be so happy that you did that. Um, yes, for sure. but yeah, so I do need to, to, uh, get those printed and I'm always so super impressed when, when the digital pages come, come back printed, they just, it's amazing to look at them, you know?
0: Um, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. They're so beautiful mm-hmm. and, the uh, just the, the colors are so vibrant and yeah, I love it.
1: Every once in a while I'll do a hybrid page or I still have some supplies left from my Coco Daisy kits. And it uh-huh. is nice in those instances to immediately have a page done. Like it's done. I'll put it in a sleeve and I might put it on the refrigerator. I, I don't, you generally just put them straight to the, to my, um, in my binders because I want to see them. So I, yes. I have a one for my son graduating high school last year. I made a, a little eight by eight on cards, uh, not cardstock, but a yeah, nice white cardstock, um, printed out some digital papers. I had some stickers for my stash. Put it in a little sleeve, and it's been on my still on my fridge. I still like looking at it every day. And this was almost a year ago that he graduated. So.
0: Well, I think yeah, it's important to celebrate the pages that we make, and it helps our families understand what what this means to us. And it sees their they can see their story being honored and celebrated because we we scrapbooked it.
1: You mm-hmm. know, it's
0: it's more than just having the photo. We did something with it.
1: Oh, I like that idea. I never really thought about that taking the photo, like another layer, another to another level intentionally. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought about that. So what
0: about the products that you are loving right now? Do you scrapbook mostly with your own things? Are you
1: still a big consumer of other people's products? No. In fact, this is, this is how much I scrapbook with my own things. When I am looking for an alpha, an alphabet, I go to my store and I do the advanced search function and I put alphas for category, and I put my name for the designer name. That way I can see all my alphas in one place. I don't have to search through my folders. So my <laughs> <laughs> I know that might be ridiculous, but I create things that I want to scrap with. Um, yes. And so my, my scrapbooking informs my designing. My designing informs my scrapbooking. Um, you know, I think the favorite thing I have from another designer is there's a um, – I sell my stuff at the Digital Press, and we have a designer. there, creations. And she has some stitching packs that are perfection. I cannot improve upon them. I can't even figure it out. Every time summer comes around, I tell myself, this summer I'm figuring out awesome digital stitches. But it eludes me, and I just, I haven't figured it out yet. So I use hers whenever, whenever I want some amazing stitches. Um, but, yeah.
0: And how do you keep your supplies organized? No, um, I mean, do you are you, you mentioned that you search your shop? So you I do mean, it. you like you go ahead and download it again from the shop at that no, time. No, when
1: I, I have um, I, I, I guess that was misleading. No. So when, when I find the product in the, the web, you know, after using the search function, I'll go find it in my files. But okay. it's just so much easier to see them on display. Um, you know how like. Oh, for sure. Because when I when my computer died, I lost all of my custom icons on my folders that I had created in, on my Mac. Um, you know, when I used to use windows, you can, if you name, you know, if you have your, your preview named folder, you can kind of see a peak of it when you're just looking in your, right. But when yeah. I switched to Mac, that wasn't the, and I, but I did figure out how to make little custom icons for my, my folders. But again, when my computer died, that all, that all went away and I have not had the, um, uh, the energy to recreate them. So. That's why I search in my shop online first. And then once I find what I want, I go get it in my files.
0: So you have everything in folders. You're not using any kind of software to organize all your supplies.
1: No, no, I've never, I never have taken the time to, to figure that out, to do, to explore anything like that.
0: Oh, sure. Well, and if, yeah, you're taking your time to, to be a designer on top of a scrapbooker. So that's kind of, we all have to make choices too about yeah, some of our time. Yeah.
1: There are some things that are a zero sum game and time, time is one of those. Yeah, for sure. What about your photos? How are they stored? No, no, I'm not great. at this. I'm failing, They're not. <laughs> I'm failing this part of the interview and I have, I have photos on my phone. I have photos that I've backed up from my phone into a folder on my computer Um, and I just randomly browse through them. It's, it's not very often that I don't know what photo I'm about to use. Like I usually, Mm -hmm. so I can't say I'm ever really in a, in a place where I'm even browsing old photos I usually have a recent photo and I know exactly, boom, that's, I need to make a story about that. And it's, so it's usually whatever, one of the more recent things that's on my phone. And like I said, I don't often go intentionally try to tell older stories. Um,
0: sure. Just if you came across it.
1: Yeah. just, just whatever I come across for sure.
0: So if you're going to sit down to scrapbook and you, you know, you have a photo on, it's on your phone. How do you have any like tricks for getting it to your computer
1: or so is I it will, a non-tricky approach? <laughs> no, yeah. I just email it to myself and then, Oh, there you go. And then download it. Um, you know, years ago I had a nice, um, digital camera, um, it, and it got broken. And I've never figured out how to fix it, or bought a new one and and then in that time, phones became even more you know ubiquitous than they were before. I mean that whole thing about the best camera you have is the one on you. I think every year that just becomes more and more of like a truism than they oh, before
0: a hundred percent. My yeah. husband was telling me about these new phones that have like eight k video, and I'm mm-hmm. like. I don't think we even own any devices that can display 8K, so I'm not sure what's the point of having it in a tiny screen. But
1: It reminds me a lot like how when you save stuff for web, you know, you do it at 72 DPI because they say yeah. that you can't even register a higher quality than that. And that's how I feel about things, you know, I don't, yeah. we have 4K devices and I don't, I don't really even know what's going on, but my husband will be like, well, this we bought this, but this thing doesn't even display the 4K. So it doesn't even, I don't even know why we had this. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sometimes there's certain parts of technology that I feel like are starting to slow down, and then other parts that are going so fast that I'm like, I, you know, as, as we age a little bit, we can't. It's hard to keep up. You know, I, I mentioned recently, like, you know, it was, I, I used to watch the Grammys and all those award shows, okay. and now I'm like, I don't even know who any of these singers are anymore.
1: <laughs> we we watched we watched something recently, and I um I do try to keep up with I I do listen to the radio, so I'm familiar with some pop stuff, and I do try to stay interested in what my own children are listening to. So I'm aware of some things. My husband, not, none of it. None of it. And so yeah. we're watching and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that song we're all sing along. And he's like, how do you, what are you even getting this information from? You know, like, because it's true that's it's, there's not even anybody from the old school that comes on that you could even blend in there. It's all new, seems like.
0: Yeah. Emily was, my daughter, was listening to something when she was showering the other day and it was like, like super hard rock, really (laughs) grungy, aggressive. And I'm like, do you like that? And she's like, yeah, kind of. I'm like, okay, you're only nine, but whatever.
1: (laughs) Oh, and and speaking of things that change fast, the way people consume music, like the way the kids listen to music is nothing like when we grew up. I mean, the way they, it's just a completely different world.
0: Well, yeah, we used to, you know, we would put in a CD and listen to the whole Uh thing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Or maybe listen to our favorite song a couple times and then we'd put it in a new CD. (laughs) I
1: don't know how old you've got. I'm sure you're close to my age, but I don't know. Did you ever, um, you know, have a tape player and you had to wait till the DJ stopped talking so you could start recording the song that was coming up next on the radio. Oh yeah. Oh Oh, For sure. And then they would talk too long and the people would start singing and you'd be like, you just messed up my whole song, you know?
0: Yes. Yes. And I had, um, I made a mixtape of like my favorite song. that was the only thing on that tape. Like I filled both sides of the tape (laughs) with just my favorite song. So I could listen to it on repeat.
1: Yeah. On repeat. Yeah, exactly. Now we take that for granted, you know, that you could just repeat something. That you have choice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, it's so funny. All right. Kind of wrapping up here. What do you think is the biggest lesson learned that you have from your, your scrapbooking experience over the past,
1: you know, decade plus? Oh, that's super easy. So like I had mentioned about imposter syndrome. And um, so the biggest thing I learned is to allow yourself to explore your own interests and tendencies, whether it matches something that's, whether it matches anything, whatever, um, you know, and don't feel, and don't be afraid to copy. So I, I think part of exploring yourself is, you know, imitating things until you find your your own style in the beginning, because this is my only creative outlet I've ever had. So, in the beginning, I didn't understand that you could do that—like lift things or or model or copy. Um, I thought everything you ever had to did had to be original and unique. Well, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, so, oh, for sure, yeah. And then I, I read some little book several years ago called "How to Steal Like an Artist," and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, so I, you know, I can do that. And so, in that, you know, in that process of copying, you learn what you like and don't like you know like um anytime i've ever tried to copy um as a super um you know as beautiful as i think grungy or artistic or or art journaling things look it i get bogged down in the process it's a lot of decision making um and it doesn't become enjoyable for me even though i love looking at it so i let go of that like i don't have to do that you know um i can do whatever works for me and even if it means it's even if it's just something that's making my process simpler that's valid too that's a valid approach um and then that's how, kind of just how yeah so i'm talking too much so come, going back to the thing like just allow. no it's
0: all good it's perfect like allow- i think that's a wonderful way to think about it um we have to focus on the parts that we really enjoy that's what's going to keep us attached to the hobby
1: yeah because when something feels like a duty or it should be done a certain way um you know, you really have to explore, well, why, why do you think it has to be done that way? Um, And if it's, you know, causing you anxiety, it's, you know, it, this should be enjoyable. It's not, you know, other kinds of things that we do because we have to, because we need to get them done, like the dishes or whatever. Um, Right. Working. We get to do this. Yeah, we get to do this and it should be super, super enjoyable. So I would just tell someone, you know, allow your own tendencies to come through because whatever you feel like doing, that's a valid thing. Um, explore it, if, and then what you like, keep it, and what you didn't like about it, get rid of it. You know,
0: beautifully said. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, Don, can you share where we can find you online? Anything you have new or coming up soon?
1: So, online, my website is um, dbd blog.com. And the DBD stands for Dawn by Design. That's my um, design name. I sell my things at the digital press. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm at Dawn Farias. That's my first and last name. And that's just my general personal Instagram. I put my scrapbooking stuff on there, my everyday stuff um, on there. So that's a fun place. But I don't have anything particularly uniquely new coming up I'm always releasing kits and products in my store um, and so any given month I've got some new stuff coming out so but I don't have any big new things um, on the horizon besides that
0: all right well we will include all of your links in the show notes for this episode and I just want to thank you for your time and for being our featured artist
1: thank you I enjoyed this so much and I'm so honored to be featured and be part of the simple scrapper for a little bit. I've um followed you and I have your I even have two of your books, these everyday storyteller ones that you curated. I yes. Those I, are practically vintage now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love them. And your your pages, I just love your pages. They're unique and there's they're just beautiful. They're so simple and straightforward, but uniquely you, they're just always gorgeous so you're very, thank you you're, you
0: are so kind thank you for having me yes and to all of our listeners please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way if you like the podcast you'll love being a member when you join you'll get access to weekly zoom crops bi-monthly retreats and a huge content library you can head over to com membership to learn more and join our creative community